0: Manager, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity.
1: I'm not normally a praying
0: man. But if you're up there, please save me, Superman. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've told me done.
1: Hi,
0: and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Advice Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. See, that's the appropriate level of glee. You've been ramping it up to a point where you'd really have to get into serious amphetamines or something or, like, <laughs> store the glee from earlier in the week. Just anything that would bring you joy, just stamp that down. Just cram it down and so, so you could get the, the happy levels that you've been trying to get to when you introduce yourself every week.
1: But I'm Amanda! Oh, Jesus. I, but it's Labor Day weekend and I'm relaxing.
0: No, that's true. It's uh yeah, we are in the, the throes of the American Labor Day weekend where we celebrate the triumphs of organized labor by ignoring the fact that there is none anymore and just getting hammered for three or four days. Yeah. Straight in a row. And we've been doing that very, very effectively. Thoroughly. It's, Thoroughly. Yeah, because <laughs> I made a terrible mistake on Friday. I, <laughs> I uh, I celebrated, uh, my job by cutting out wicked early and we went day drinking drinking beer all afternoon long and uh, made the mistake of going to the liquor store while drunk which is they say you shouldn't go to the grocery store while you're hungry don't go to the liquor store when you're drunk you'll come home with all kinds of esoteric weird expensive shit particularly if you're just paying with a credit card yeah so we came home with a quart of this rye whiskey (laughs) called whistle pig
1: 10 years old
0: 10 years old, from Vermont, of all places. Well known for whiskey, but not really for making it.
1: 100% rye, 100 proof. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so made the brilliant idea. Uh, Amanda went to bed, and I'm just sitting there, and uh, I put a picture of it on Twitter, and a friend of mine said, that looks delicious. I'm like, you know, I bet it is delicious. (laughs) So at 11 o'clock at night, after drinking all day long, I started pounding.
1: I shouldn't have left you alone. I could have told you it was delicious.
0: I started, (laughs) yeah. Oh, it was. 100 proof rye. I remember getting through three big glasses of it.
1: You did solid work on that bottle.
0: Yeah. So so yesterday was a a blur of just grease and whatever it took to keep me alive all day long. A lot of episodes of The Simpsons.
1: Based on the number... The amount of that whiskey that was gone. If they say that you know you're having things by the finger, oh, well, I'll have two fingers of whiskey. You were having several fists of whiskey.
0: I was, in fact, fisted by whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a possible title, although we might get kicked <laughs> off of iTunes. But so yeah, yesterday was was rough. So it was a little bit of a lower key day, but it was also we spent a bunch of time, you know, going around online hoping against hope because there's a few comic conventions going on there's fan expo up in toronto and one or two other little ones going on hoping there'd be some comics news because we deal with this
1: not even little dragon con's happening right now i think pax prime's happening
0: yeah but those are both gaming conventions and you know we we like video games but we don't really consider ourselves hardcore gamers and it's a this is a comic book show so like
1: pole position too that's a game right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is in fact
0: a game. And if we find any news about pole position two, we've mastered time travel, and we don't have to do this shit anymore. That would be a story in and of itself. It would be, but so, but yeah, looking for comics news, and we deal with this every year because we've been doing the, the website. You know, before we got into the podcast model, we, we did we've been doing it for about three years now. Yeah, every year we come back from Comic Con with a huge amount of news, and then things just sort of drop dead because everybody. Yeah, you know, comics people are like everybody else. They're going on vacation for August, and you know all the big events for the fall have been announced. So there's not huge comics news. We dealt with this last week. Yeah. So yeah, it's another one where the 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 biggest argument going on on you know, the comic sites that doesn't involve weird covers, <laughs> which yeah, you know, the Spider Woman cover weird. At this point, it's a couple weeks old, and it's it's ground that we've covered.
1: Buy it. <laughs> don't buy it. Well, whatever. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> but yeah, the biggest thing we're finding is uh, people are arguing over who they're going to cast as Doctor Strange. Yeah, in the Doctor Strange movie.
1: Well, because it sounds like there's there's been a couple of reports online, Collider among them, saying that Marvel is in very. Like close talks with Wakim Phoenix and is really close to closing the deal to get him as Doctor Strange, which would be a huge get. Since rumor also has it that Downey will be departing uh, the Avengers and Iron Man franchises, uh, possibly as soon as the end of the next Avengers movie. Um, no, I
0: think he signed up through Avengers three, but
1: he yeah, but Avengers three we may the, we may not see him. We may get him in like flashback, or we may get him. Okay. And uh, as a possible Jarvis type character, there's there's speculation about how to keep him without keeping him.
0: <laughs> they've already thrown all the money at him. Yeah, <laughs> That's not going to do it.
1: Yeah, um, you, you could
0: shoot me in the nuts with paintballs, <laughs> you know, for hours at a time for the kind of money he's getting. But... Well, it's that
1: plus you know, uh, Chris Evans is is possibly departing soon after, like the next. I don't know how many they've got him on the hook for, but sounds like he'd like to turn his attentions to directing rather than remaining in front of the camera as Captain America. Um, and that always works out well for a franchise when you let the actors start directing. Uh- <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I still have terrible memories of seeing Star Trek Five on my 18th birthday. And it's, it was like the first cold fist of adulthood.
1: So the new wave of things is like, ooh, we've got Paul Rudd for Ant-Man. And we've got... Um- <laughs> We've got Wakim uh, Phoenix very possibly as the next Doctor Strange, and Bleeding Cool just as a as a giggle um, threw up a thing f- uh, that Al Pacino said in support of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he was at uh, he was he was talking to Deadline, and <clears throat> he he you know at the end of that they were saying oh it's really great that you know he was in support of Guardians of the Galaxy you know. Wouldn't it be funny if or wouldn't it be cool if he was Doctor Strange in his forum? The, the forums at Bleeding Cool had fun with that for a while. But, you know, once you get that idea in your head, it's like, I could see Al Pacino as Doctor Strange. I might prefer to see Al Pacino well, as yeah, Doctor Strange over Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah,
0: because number one, Joaquin Phoenix versus Robert Downey Jr., that's not a zero-sum game. That's not a get that makes you forget Robert Downey Jr. no.
1: I mean, Nor is Paul Rudd, to be fair.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, but that clearly is going to have a different tone. Yeah. I would think with Paul Rudd in it, <laughs> you know, for a movie that was developed by Edgar Wright. You know, I, I don't think we're dealing with you know the next Dark Knight when it comes to because nobody to an that Ant-Man. was in
1: Clueless ever fucked up a franchise um, for for a superhero movie.
0: No, of course they didn't, because there were only the only the two Batman movies <laughs> before it was rebooted, and I'll stand by that. <laughs> That's right. I certainly didn't walk out of a theater in Franklin, Mass., after Batman Forever going, oh, shit, they brought the 60s back. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Thought I'd outlive this. But Phoenix is a good enough actor. I've liked him in a few things, but yeah. I, I can't picture that dude as Doctor Strange. I mean, I, I suppose he's enough of a chameleon. He was enough of a weird-faced fuck-up in The Master. All right, he can get a certain amount of intensity there. but
1: I, I liked him in the Johnny Cash movie.
0: Yeah, uh, so I'm sure he could do fine with whatever they give him, but he's not who I think of when I think of Doctor Strange. No. I, I don't think I necessarily think of Pacino either, because you put Pacino in front of a green screen, he's got no scenery to chew, <laughs> and that's really all he's got <laughs> at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I We, we were kind of joking. I, Hugh Laurie, I think, would make an excellent Doctor Strange. Hugh
0: Laurie, uh, I, I don't see him as a doctor. Particularly not an arrogant one who just oversteps his bounds.
1: I don't see that happening. <laughs> nope, not even a little bit. Jeeves, yeah, that was where he's <laughs> shown Jeeves and Blackadder. <laughs> <Well, laughs> that yeah. damn comedy background. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, I think he'd be pretty good at it. But yeah, you know, frankly, you want to go American. Harrison Ford has been looking for some kind of genre thing to hook into. I mean, this is a guy who. For years, wouldn't even talk about Blade Runner, and yeah. now it was going around this week that Ridley Scott has a script done and they're in initial talks. So he'll go back to that that hell, and he did Ender's Game, and Ugh. now he started making fun of himself on late night shows. He might be at the point where he's like, "Fuck it, my my place in Montana is operating <laughs> costs of X. I need to bring in X plus Y, otherwise Allie McBeal will walk out on me."
1: Uh, she's not getting residuals still from Allie McBeal. <laughs>
0: I never watched
1: She Doesn't the have show. that fat dancing baby money anymore.
0: Well, I mean, she probably wasn't wasn't Robert Downey Jr. on that yeah, he until he got busted he for was. drugs again. She's probably looking at Downey, Yeah. You know, screaming at Harrison Ford and bet Ender's game. Really? Just call the Marvel people. You still have juice. <laughs> Just take the earring out and put the phone to your head. And...
1: Disney owns Marvel now. It's a no brainer.
0: <laughs> so I- I'd go with Harrison Ford. Uh, um, he's he's old enough he's got enough gravitas and i it just sort of seems like he's in a position now where he'd be like uh, yeah all right fuck it
1: they'd have to find like the straightest of straight men to be wong though for him like
0: <laughs> well uh, yeah that's true to get like
1: a jet Li or somebody
0: <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> i mean <laughs> but i mean jesus
1: he's he's
0: being han solo again i still remember when he was on inside the actor's studio which i don't watch but it was harrison ford and at the time he hardly ever did any kind of press yeah i and he flat out said number one they never talked about blade runner like they told lipton forget it don't even bring it up um but he flat out said i never want to play han solo again i'd play indiana jones again and he did and that sucked so it doesn't give me a lot of hope at this point for episode seven (laughs) with a busted hip
1: you're willing to pretend that all of the 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 bat sequels after the second one didn't happen but you're willing to admit that there was a fifth indiana jones movie look i did a lot of brain
0: damage this weekend i'm gonna do some (laughs) more later so let's just assume it's a neuron that fired to life under weird chemical conditions and it's gonna go away again
1: here's here's a here's a possible no-brainer with some baggage you know, we made the, the sarcastic joke, oh, Hugh Laurie's never played, like, an arrogant doctor before. Why not throw this to George Clooney?
0: I could see Clooney doing it. I, I don't think it's in his wheelhouse right now. I mean, he, he's he been producing his own shit for so long.
1: Yeah. And
0: he's he's had a pretty storied career. The whole grasping at franchises doesn't seem like a thing he needs to do right now. You know, and he certainly wouldn't sign, like, a nine-picture deal the way... Uh, <laughs> Sebastian, whatever his name is, who's playing Sebastian Bucky. Sebastian Shaw, yeah. Yeah, um, would do. I could see him doing a one-off as a lark. Oh, fuck it, I'm not doing anything this summer. Yeah, sure, let's, let's try to rehab my comic book <laughs> bona fides after that movie that never existed. But... <laughs> and you could certainly do genre. I love From Dust Till Dawn. That's a great, fun it flick. It is. So I could see him doing it. I can't see him actually signing his name on something to actually do it.
1: He did survive the facts of life and, and, and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, too, to go on to do much better things.
0: That wasn't so much survival. It's, <laughs> uh, that was a dude with nothing to lose. It's like, yeah, well, I'll do whatever you need me to do. <laughs> what, ER? Sure. Mm. Yeah, ER? Sure. That sounds like a good idea. Oh, shit. It's the one with Elliot Gould. All right, got to wait another <laughs> few years. So I think he'd be a good Doctor Strange. Um, but he'll, he'll never do it.
1: So, I mean, yeah, I. If this is, in fact, a thing that is going to happen, they could do worse than get Keen Phoenix, but it's also not that exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's not casting news that is exciting. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was exciting. Yeah. I think that's the last one that was really exciting for Marvel Studios. Otherwise, it's, all right, Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) Who? Let's all give a resounding who. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Chris Evans, we liked him in The Losers. Yeah. But... You know, and I
1: still prefer his work in the Losers over the work he's done in Captain the Captain America movies, and it's not that's not his fault. I just like the Losers better as a book. Yeah,
0: the the Losers is sort of our unsung comic book. This one deserved better than it got because yeah. it's really a fun flick. We revisit it probably at least once a year on Blu-ray.
1: Well, that all right. That being said, then, and I forget the actor's name, the dude that played Swearingen that was in the Losers. Um, yeah, who's. Who was the comedian in Watchmen. No, he wasn't wasn't the comedian. No, he wasn't.
0: Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the comedian.
1: Right. So who was the dude in The Losers?
0: Oh, I forget the actor's name.
1: Oh, no, that was Was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, because I
0: thought you were saying Deadwood. You fucked me all up. Look, my brain is not in a position to deal with this many names (laughs) and facts right now. This
1: Morgan chap, I think he'd make a fabulous Doctor Strange.
0: I think he would probably be fine. (laughs) He seemed like he had a sense of humor and brought some intensity to to both of those roles. Um, Yeah, he'd be all right at it. The problem with that would be the Watchmen baggage, because yeah. even though I like that movie, it has not stood the test of history. I'm probably yeah. one of the few people, I'll, I'll stand by that flick.
1: I enjoyed it. I'd have to watch it again. I, I it, it wasn't 100% perfect, but like, what adaptation is? Yeah.
0: Well, the first Sin City.
1: <laughs> hey, look at us sagging <laughs> like we know what we're doing. No, that was, that was a slow
0: <laughs> pitch and I fucking took it. Because, yeah, with the the lack of huge comic book news where we're reduced to the first 15 minutes of the show talking about fantasy casting for Doctor Strange, without a lot of news we decided, all right, uh, screw it, there's nothing going on this afternoon, let's go see Sin City, a dame to kill for. Yes, we did. Now, I want to start out with, I love the first Sin City movie. Yes. Um, the, I love the Sin City comic books. I've got most of the long arcs in trade paperback. Uh, the ones that I don't, I have in original issues. But, yeah, Sin City is the first flick. I was an early adopter of DVD, and even from the early days, I was like, I'm not going to get fucking double-dipped. You know, if, if an early edition comes out and I hear there's going to be a special edition with extra stuff, I'm not buying this early one. I'll buy the you know, next one. Yeah, It's why I don't have Kill Bill on any form of media, because by God, for years, Tarantino's been promising Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair. Yep. I'll fucking buy that. Yep, now, I'm not gonna get double dipped on this, but Sin City is the only movie where first I pirated it, yeah. Then I bought the original bare bones DVD. Then I bought the special edition DVD, and when I got Blu-ray, then I got the Blu-ray. So I've triple dipped plus one that it, nobody. I, I really shouldn't admit, but
1: it, it was to hold you over. Yeah, and it's, now it's a lovely coaster.
0: That's right. It's long gone now. There's no evidence. Come get me, coppers. But <laughs> so yeah, I love. Sin City. Um, nine years is a hell of a long time to wait for a sequel. And uh, let me warm right now. We're going to spoil the living shit out of this movie. Cause we Because there's, are. there's we are. not a lot of ways to talk about it without spoiling it. Um, why don't you give your impressions first? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you...
1: I, I feel like I should have rewatched the first one to remember how awesome and tight it was before going to the second one because i just kind of let it wash over me i knew that it wasn't as good as the first one but i didn't come out of the movie theater with with quite the same level of of mad on that you did
0: <laughs> yeah i this movie fucking sucked <laughs> it
1: had it had for me uh coherence issues there were times where i'm like is this supposed to be a prequel or a sequel? Because uh, the actress Jamie King, who played Goldie in the first Sin City, was alive and well with her twin. And aren't they both dead by the end of the first one? Yeah. So am I looking at a prequel? <laughs> but then there's there's you know um, Nancy and her ongoing issues with Hartigan, who is not her dad. <laughs> Yeah, we
0: should be clear on that. (laughs) Not her lover, not
1: her dad, but oh God, she's got daddy issues. and
0: (laughs) Daddy issues, writing issues, there were issues. (laughs) There were issues.
1: This girl has has issues. Um, He's clearly dead, so that shows that time sequence-wise, we're clearly after the first Sin City movie, and then, but then we're going back to Dwight's story before he becomes Clive Owen in the first movie. So where the fuck were we? What I want to say, like you know, is I was waiting for at some point in time one of Moffat's doctors to come out and explain that this is some sort of timey wimey bullshit. Don't you fucking say timey wimey!
0: Don't you fucking do it!
1: (laughs) Because otherwise, there was no reason for this level of of lack of coherence.
0: Well, so I didn't have a problem with that because the books have always been that way you know the the first book which is just sin city and now is the long goodbye that was marv's story followed immediately by a dame to kill for where we saw marv again so right out of the gate it the sin city yarns as as frank miller calls them have have jumped around in time
1: but i i don't know and i guess maybe i have read through them but again i'm not as much of a a scholar on the books as as you may be so for me, it felt more like a storytelling error than something that was being cleanly told.
0: It's And I can totally see that, and it's a valid point to make about the movie. I didn't have a problem with it because I've, I've read all of Sin City and know that's one of the tropes, but yeah, it would be confusing to people who the only thing they know is the first movie, and even the first movie had a little bit of jumping around, but not to the level of... This dead dude is now. We're having a big story about him, and yeah, but
1: and there was pacing issues on top of that, and material that looked like it got shooed in for the sake of let's watch Marv be cool here, or let's give Joseph Le- Joseph Levitt Gordon some work over here. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Sorry, yeah, I, Whistle Pig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, Whistle
0: Pig. That's probably going to be the title of this episode. Um, you
1: know, who who was great to watch in it, but did we need his story arc in this? Yeah, I, <laughs> well. Uh, All right,
0: let's start with talking about the the pacing. I think where the first movie really worked well was it was a bunch of short stories. Um, I don't think anything in Sid City works as well with big extended arcs. Um, Because even though some of these stories are big and thick, if you actually look at the artwork, there's a lot of big splash pages, and most of the pages only have... You know, a couple, three, four panels. So it's big art that fills out the page count, keeps the pacing a little bit slow, but it also, it allows a story that's fundamentally short to be told in a lot of pages with, you know, some really good looking art. Yeah. And all of the short stories in the first one, everybody's just sort of dropped into, there's no origin story. Right. Yeah, Marv is Marv, and he did this thing, and it's the motivation for this character. You don't know where he comes from. You get very little information. He, he's he got a condition.
1: Yeah, and that's all you need to know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's a simple motivation, and it's A to B, and then it's done. Um, There was a lot in A Dame to Kill For that felt like extensions of other stories and more origin kind of stuff, you know... Like the moment, and I know this is from the comic book, and it bothered me in the comic book, but knowing that Dwight saved Miho's life is not a thing I needed to know, and frankly, it seemed like an out of how do I get out of this situation? Miho's going to kill Dwight. It would have been a lot more effective to talk the killing machine who doesn't respond to questions down. Yeah. As opposed to, oh no, he saved your life at some point.
1: Or if Gail's in charge, Gail's in charge. Gail said no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, And the whole continuation of nancy's story after Hardigan's death if that's ever been in the comics i don't remember ever seeing it but it, it felt where it ended in the original story was perfect Hardigan wins nancy's safe but even that win it's not a complete win yeah because it's okay uh, i saved her but She's still in danger because of the father, so the only thing I can do is take away his revenge against me to keep her safe. Right. And so there's the, no happy ending really. Yeah. There should be no complete victories in Sin City. And for and that ending is completely blown away when the cop shows Rourke in A Dame to Kill for, Oh, we found her, she's right in the bar. <laughs>
1: So. Our crack team has been on this, and we found her on stage.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> the bar that you go to, sir, she's on stage <laughs> every fucking night.
1: So, uh, but they do point out, you know, when she comes in with her hair all fucked up. Later, you know, like they're they're not really looking at my face; they're just looking at what they want to see. Well, it, and
0: that's true, and that that kind of worked, but it, it sort of blew away the ending. It's like, oh no, it turns out she's still in danger, yeah. and let's just continue this story. It, it felt like it was thrown in to give Jessica Alba something to do and not do particularly well. Jessica Alba is nobody's badass. No, you know, in in the. Goddamn dancing movie. She's done. She's not a badass dancer. Yeah, she's easy on the eyes, and you know, reads the script better than some people. But, but yeah, it, continuing that to continue to show she's in love with Hartigan, just for as an, an excuse to have Bruce Willis in the movie as a ghost, as a fucking ghost. Of all the things in Sin City, we're gonna do a fucking ghost story. Yeah, to to flesh out the character of Nancy, who doesn't need any fleshing out, and to turn her into this. You know killing machine badass who can continue when Marv is brought down
1: and and now her face is all fucked up, so pretty much all that's all she had going for her um yeah and
0: she had a concrete victory she yeah. shot working
1: and now he's dead, but the point being that now she's. Completely soiled. Like, oh, I used to be able to, you know, strip in this bar and dance, and I never noticed what it smelled like, and now I do. Well, that just says to me that your nose started working again, hon. And <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it's time to consider temping. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be a hell of a Sin City story. <laughs> I'm Sin- Nancy Callahan. <laughs> I-, I type four words per <laughs> minute.
1: <laughs> Sin City Temp Pool. <laughs> Attempt to die for. Attempt like, to
0: die for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Write that one down, too. That might go for it. But, but yeah, it felt like a fleshing out of the character that doesn't necessarily work with Sin City. It, Sin City works best in short bursts, even with characters you see more than once. You know, the, the little uh, story at the beginning of the movie, which was from the comics, where uh, Marv is hunting down these kids who are setting winos on fire. Yeah. I think it was called Just Another Saturday Night. That was a wicked short story, just a few pages... Um, in one of the compilation books of the short stories. And you don't need to know anything about Marv, just the same as the others. He's just a guy who is extremely dangerous and has a weird sense of right and wrong and a hell of a way of enforcing it.
1: Yeah, although later on when I discovered in one of the random Nancy scenes that uh, cows exist in Sin City... These kids can't go tip cows like normal bored kids. they got to go set winos on fire. I
0: went to college in Vermont, and I never tipped a cow.
1: Or set a wino on fire.
0: I never tipped a cow. <laughs> <laughs> there are no fucking winos in Vermont. They freeze to death <laughs> about eight Don't months out of the year. go south
1: in the winter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I guess. There, there was a railway system I suppose they could ride, but... Uh, So, yeah, the the short-burst stories work better, so that whole continuation of that story didn't do anything for me, and I just... Who the fuck taught Nancy how to fire her crossbow?
1: Oh, yeah, that came out of nowhere. Like, okay, fine, she's been going to the firing range every night after work with her gun, but I can tell you from personal experience that firing a gun and firing a bow are two different skill sets. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but it's... it looks cool, and ultimately, a lot of Sin City. That's what it comes down to. But yeah, she's she's not an old town girl. She's been <laughs> raised with these weapons. Yeah. But, I don't know. but working as the shorter stories also worked against the bigger, the actual Dame to Kill for arc. Yeah. And the biggest problem with that was was Ava Green playing Ava Lord. I recognize she gets she has mashed more geek zippers in the past few years <laughs> than almost any woman who does genre stuff. I watch Penny Dreadful. I like Penny Dreadful. Number 1. She is not a hot woman. She's, <laughs> she's not. From the neck up she looks severe and terrifying and yeah, she's she's put together from the neck down excellently (laughs) either god or some surgeon did it's beautiful work (laughs) but from the neck up she just looks like she'll chomp down in a way that you don't want to imagine i I can't go for your jugular i don't call it the jugular but (laughs) whatever but so yeah i don't find her that attractive god knows she's well put together i also don't think she's the best actress in the world, or she was directed poorly because... All right, the the basics of, of noir yes. are there is a corrupt woman who makes decent guys do stupid shit and get in trouble.
1: We call them the femme fatale. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but there needs to be something... She was just so obviously evil and corrupt every step of the way. There was nothing there that would lead me to believe she could lead anybody astray besides a nice rack and something, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough for some dudes.
1: I can't answer this question. You know, <laughs> I can't help
0: you here. <laughs> I'd I'd do a lot for a nice rack, but, you know, killing a cop, I don't think I'd do. <laughs> so, yeah, she was just so obviously corrupt, which means everybody around her is making really really stupid and unrelatable decisions
1: like to the point where one wonders if she's giving off some weird pheromone that they're just not copping to because the way that men are behaving around her is almost to the level of joe and Baker's Fatal like like for yeah. no good reason yeah and and i
0: recognize it's a genre story and there's got to be a certain amount you know you have to, I just, I didn't believe anybody would really, you know, do any,
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm having trouble articulating it because it pissed me
1: off it, so much. Because it's like... you don't, because she didn't make you mash your zipper. You were pulled out of the moment because you couldn't buy into the character. It's, yeah, and,
0: and I'm sure that's a large part of it. It's, <laughs> you know, she wasn't that exciting. You know, and Jesus, she was naked through the whole thing.
1: yeah. And, yeah, hello casting, I need somebody who's cool with being naked for 80% of the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, but not 80% of the gross. No, not the gross. T- call him back. <laughs> but it's, the other side of it is the decent guy who's pulled into this. and Stabler. Well, yeah, <laughs> Christopher Maloney as Mort the Cop yep. is as close to legitimate noir tropes as we're supposed to see, but we don't get enough of that character to really get a sense he's actually a decent guy. Beyond the first time, clearly smitten with her, he almost, I'm surprised there wasn't a one of those weird, show his zipper is white, so we can see it being pushed out <laughs> by, you know, the stabler dork, which I've not seen a lot of Oz, but I've heard it's spectacular,
1: but... It doesn't suck.
0: Yeah, all right. <laughs> hey, we talked about Ava Green's tits, I suppose... What's good for the goose? Anyway, but, yeah, he says, you know, oh, I'm a married man. And then immediately starts obsessing over her. And so there's not enough sense that he's really a decent guy, particularly as a Sin City cop. We're not supposed to believe any of the Sin City yeah, cops are decent guys. He
1: seemed um, needlessly tightly wound at first, you know, and, and then from there went 180 degrees to crazed. Yeah. Like they didn't have enough time to properly tell this story. So Elliot, we wanna we wanna poindexter you up right out of the gate <laughs> and then if you could just go straight to the bad stabler days, <laughs> like the crazy Elliot days.
0: Yeah. I I even believe the crazy Elliot days more. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's banging this woman while she's talking on the phone in a normal tone of voice. <laughs> You know there aren't enough kegels in the world to make you ignore that you're clearly just being used. But okay, we'll assume she's just that spectacular. Yeah. Um, and Dwight, the best thing we get from Dwight showing that he might be a decent guy is busting through the window and kicking Ray Liotta's ass when yeah. it looks like Ray Liotta's about to kill his mistress. Right. But within five minutes we've got dwight on the side of the road screaming into the sky that i can't let the monster out of me i've done terrible things so all right we know you're not a good person either way right so it's it's like somebody explained noir to frank miller at some point and just like gave him broad strokes and what he took was femme fatale and said okay well it must just be a real cunt and, bitches, man. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I know how to draw perky boobs. <laughs> so, and it's it's been a problem through all of Miller's Sin City. Since Sin City stuff, it's he he gets the hard-boiled stuff done well. And his short little stories about characters just dropped into a terrible situation who are already violent, already criminal. Yeah, you know, they're nice tight little crime stories. But anything that has to do with women with the exception of Shelley, who yeah. we didn't see in this movie because Brittany Murphy died, and Nancy, who gets all badassed up and kills a bunch of people in
1: this. So wait, 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 let me just backtrack for a second. So, out of the original Clueless cast, Paul Rudd, Alicia Silverstone, and Brittany Murphy all go on to
0: comic book movies. Apparently, but these <laughs> days, who doesn't go on to comic book <laughs> movies? Uh, believe me. Uh, People are rifling through Robert Downey Jr.'s trash to look at his check stubs <laughs> to get an idea what he's getting from the gross on that. Everybody wants a franchise. I mean, Jesus, at this point, uh, shit. Who played Dwight? Uh, uh, Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah, Josh Brolin. You know, this is his third comic book movie.
1: What was his? I mean, he was in. Um, jo- uh,
0: Jonah Hex was first,
1: right? Which. <laughs> Right. Nobody likes to remember.
0: No, certainly not him. I
1: felt so bad for him in that movie. He wasn't the worst part of it.
0: There were almost no good parts of it. But <laughs> we'll talk about Jonah Hex in a little while on a much more positive note. But uh, and then yeah, it's he's Thanos now.
1: Yep, Thanos. And and it made sense when I saw him without prosthetics. Like, oh, the chin. Okay, I get it now.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's got the chin of Doom. That's why the other thing they really should have brought back. No, and you said it, Clive Owen to do the second part because they tried like hell. They gave him the the hair, the hair, and they tried to put makeup on his face. But yeah, that chin of doom just thrusting (laughs) out, you know, and trying to pretend, uh, just pretend this is Clive Owen. I'm having trouble pretending anything. Well, they even like
1: screwed with his voice a little bit, I think, too, in the voiceover, so he sounded more like Owen, um, which threw me for a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. Mantu makes the point of, oh, I could tell it was you. Your eyes. No, it's chin. His fucking chin.
0: <laughs> yep, the chin of justice. The chin you
1: could park a fucking Buick on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but yeah, they tried like hell. But yeah, at this, at that point, I wasn't believing anything. I mean, it, not to slam on Ava Green more, but
1: <laughs> no, no, go ahead. <laughs> I,
0: I didn't believe she was a naked woman. <laughs> After a certain point. She, just,
1: she might have been CGI. We don't know. It's
0: possible. but A lot of
1: CGI in this movie. <laughs> that,
0: well, <laughs> it was well put together CGI. But uh, yeah, just uh, dripping with evil just didn't work for me. And uh, yeah, I don't understand why Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in this because he was really good. And he put together a really compelling character very quickly.
1: Were we able to determine whether or not that story was part of the larger actual stories that Miller wrote for the books?
0: I don't think it was. Uh, I don't remember it, and I did uh, quickly go on the internet because, like I said, I've got all the big, longer arcs, but uh, uh, some of the collections of the shorter stories I don't have, and I didn't see anything about that.
1: Because my feeling on that was, yeah, he did such a nice job as this poker player who comes out of nowhere who has you know this unbeatable luck right up until it runs out that you know i felt that that whole arc got short shrift that it only served the purpose of making rourke look like a bigger douchebag um and that establishing spoilers that rourke has bastard family that are out there um because he ends up killing his son at the end of his son's arc and when Rourke is killed that or it's suggested that he 's killed because we don 't really see it goes to black right before the credits <laughs> that's true um that you know if Rourke dies that 's the end of of everything because uh that yellow bastard nick stahl's character um yeah. he's dead um Levitt's character's dead
0: <laughs> yeah and and as establishing there could be other Rourks out there. If they ever get a sequel, and I I honestly don't know how this movie's been doing at the box office. I don't know if it's been big enough to get a sequel or not.
1: But like he was, he was a pure joy to watch. I wanted to see more of what was going on with that, and that didn't get to happen because there was so many other things happening.
0: Yeah, just great cockiness and confidence, and even when he's beaten down, it's just. And this is something that Miller's good at writing. I'm beaten down, but I'm going to keep moving forward, and in the end, yeah. Again, spoilers, it's he wins the second poker game and takes a bullet in the face. Yeah. And the entirety of his triumph is, oh, now people have seen you lose twice. Well, number one, that's stupid because Mm. the only people who saw him lose are the people who are already on his payroll. Yeah, that are in
1: collusion with Rourke.
0: Right. And they don't give a shit whether he lost or not. Yeah. And number two, any long-term victory of, oh, this could affect his reputation. Well, 15 minutes later, we see him take a bullet from Nancy and he's dead. Yeah. So he, it's just clumsy. Yeah. He, he made this great little character that fits very well into this world and played it to the hilt. And then it's just uh, OK, well, he's dead now.
1: You know what, though? It makes me and I don't know if this will happen, but it makes me want to see him come back as Dick Grayson or some analog thereof that turns into a Nightwing in the Justice League movie. Like the, what I saw there was what I want to see out of a Dick Grayson.
0: Yeah, and and that could be fun. I, yeah. I don't think that's a thing anybody's talking about, but it'd be cool to I'm see. Like, that.
1: Given how things stood with his character um, when um, in Christopher Nolan's movie, um, Bruce Wayne goes off with Anne Hathaway. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Whistlepig. <pick>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time you say it, I shiver. It's good whiskey.
0: But <laughs> Take your brain. Be very careful. <laughs>
1: Um, you know, it's, it's set up that his character who was named Robin, uh, (laughs) um, yes, yes. And the theater groaned, um, is, is taking over in some capacity for, for Batman. So if that does tie in at all with the upcoming dawn of justice, (laughs) um, (laughs) justice, (laughs) I
0: I don't think it is. I'm I'm pretty sure that Zack Snyder is going in a different direction because number one, Unless it's this Robin character who is now Batman, it's still Bruce Wayne as Batman. So unless something drew yeah. him back. And I, I want to say, I, uh, I can't think of anything in particular, but I want to say it's been pretty well said. It's like, no, this is a totally different direction.
1: Yeah, so I guess our next best hope is he gets to be Cobra Commander again <laughs> somewhere <laughs>
0: I had every G.I. Joe toy that wasn't the giant USS flag, and I still have not seen either one of those movies.
1: So, any, anyway, lots of lots of stuff that I liked in individual performances with this movie. Pacing issues. Um, story issues. Uh, yeah, it's... Oh, can we talk Deus Ex Marv? Can we? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> that was... Marv is a character... Who you don't need a lot of because when he's on screen he has such tremendous impact that he takes over everything else that's happening because he is the unstoppable force and the immovable object at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean visually, Mickey Rourke with that makeup just becomes the center of attention almost no matter what. Yeah, I mean maybe the scene with <laughs> Stacy Keach as Wallenquist. <laughs> yeah with the full on Yeah, Stacy, we're taking your neck away, my friend,
1: yeah, Nicotero should get like some sort of award, I don't think an Oscar necessarily just and that's not his fault this movie, um yeah, but uh the special effects for the prosthetics in this movie, particularly Keech, who just looks like the blob, yeah,
0: it's everybody who required that kind of prosthetic work it looked like from the comic book visually. Everything here was just about as good as the first movie. Yeah. Um, Although it,
1: the problem being, if you've seen the first movie, then you've seen this stuff before.
0: Yeah. So a lot of the the impact of it is diminished because we've seen it. And a lot of other movies besides Sin City have uh, tried to do things like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Miller's Own, The Spirit, which I have not seen. <sighs> uh, I don't have any urge to see it. <laughs> but it, it looked like Sin City only with the spirit yeah yeah but the but part of the fun visually from that kind of special effects standpoint of the first movie was once i had a copy i could watch at home i sat there with the books and it's like yep this is exactly what i remember yep this is and you get a certain amount of that with this but again probably a third of the movie is stuff we've never seen before so a lot of those striking visuals that can really only come from Miller's flat black and white it seemed a little more fluid more standard hollywood-ish
1: yeah um, but getting back to to Marv, it felt like there was a lot of lazy writing going on because since Marv is is your your weapon of last like defense he's he's your fire and forget missile yeah on uh, both Dwight and Nancy in the absence of being able to figure out anything else to do against the people they were going up against oh well i'll I'll just go get marv (laughs) yeah and that's fine once but then you know nancy did it again and i was just yeah at that point i'm like nancy if they kill you fine whatever then i don't (laughs) have you know (laughs)
0: yeah well yeah now that you mention it that that was a big part of uh a dame to kill for um was going to get marv to to help out but yeah, yeah doing it again on top of Opening the movie with Just Another Saturday Night, so yeah. we open with Marv just randomly destroying people again. It was much more Marv-centric than it had to be, but again, I can understand the decision. Mickey Rourke is just so goddamn good he's, as Marv. He's
1: awesome. The, but it...
0: the, the best scene in the movie was Marv in the <laughs> Tucker driving Dwight, just yammering away. I, I did... I, I did what you said. I didn't kill nobody. I, I took Manute's eye. But...
1: <laughs> it was, well, it was a whole thing. Right? He's very. It's because he's so animated and excited about what he's what he did. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't even really disable anybody. I mean, he, he might be kind of in traction for yeah, about six, six months. Six months of traction. He'll be fine. But, oh, be fine. Oh, and I took his eye. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was the other tricky part. Uh, Dennis Haysbert? Yeah. The dude yeah. who played the president <laughs> in, uh, 24. in 24. 24. Took over as Manute from Michael Clark Duncan. Yep. And he certainly did as good a job as he could. He's got the right voice. They jacked him up to have kind of the similar build, but mm-hmm. Michael Clark Duncan is just that mass that oh. is supposed to be Manute. That, <laughs> yep. that was kind of a, a loss on
1: this it one. It was. But, you know, he's... Haysbert- did as as well as he as he could, and I like him as an actor. I didn't; it wasn't that jarring for me until you mentioned it right now. And now I'm just really like, "Oh, a moment of silence for Michael Clark Duncan, boo!" Yeah,
0: and <laughs> like... yeah, at least he didn't try to sell me Allstate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she is the goddess, but <laughs> but she has no accident forgiveness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh... <laughs> um. So yeah. I so just... yeah,
0: and and with the pacing. Yeah, the it really felt like Lord of the Rings endings. Yeah. It's like it, Are we
1: done? Oh no.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> you know, particularly when Joseph Gordon Levitt got shot. It's like, okay, well I guess we're done. Oh no, okay, we're we're back to Nancy. All right, fine, whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I honestly think that if they were going to do the Nancy going after Rourke it's, Save that for a third movie. Not that they are necessarily going to get a third movie out of this with, I don't know how, I don't think it performed well. I think I've seen enough kind of eh reviews and the box office was not spectacular. Um, I don't know that they're going to get greenlit for a third one. But if you're going to do that Nancy story and make it up out of wholesale cloth and again, unless it's in some minor story that we're not aware of that was in a trade with a an anthology or something, but yeah,
0: it's it could be from a comic, but like I said, I i don't remember it and I couldn't find anything online about it.
1: But I think they would have been better served if they were going to do more long form stuff in this to focus on just tell that story. There, there are like at least what nine, ten of the big trades,
0: uh, no, only like four or five. Is there? I thought that, all right, and one of them to Helen back is yeah. characters that have never been seen anywhere else except that one particular trade.
1: But it, they might have been better served to focus on the one story and then maybe throw, you know, just another Saturday night in there just to remind you, hey, Marv.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, I I don't necessarily agree. Uh, like I said, short bursts work for me. Yeah, and that's part of what worked in the first one. It was you know twenty thirty minute short stories with a little bit of crossover between some characters, but just little self contained. We drop you in with a character. who's a particular thing. You know, one thing goes wrong, and it's point A to point B, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, doing a big, long story, I'm not sure it would work as well for me.
1: I'm just saying I don't see where they needed all of the Nancy stuff in there. They had enough women to go to with the Old Town stuff. You know, If anybody acquitted themselves spectacularly well and within the scope of what their character needed to do, faithfully to the books rosario dawson as gail
0: oh yeah including that stupid leather mask which looks stupid in the comics to tell you the truth yeah Yeah.
1: but you know she was great in this movie (laughs) oh yeah
0: but it's that's a character that gets a few short bursts she was great in the first one too yeah but yeah and it certainly be something easier to to focus on a character like that The, the thing with nancy and it That concluding sequence, and either it was really good in showing utter futility in Sin City or it was people just not thinking things (laughs) through, is we see early in the movie she has a gun and can see Rourke and could shoot him from cover and run. Yeah. We also see throughout the movie, we're flat out told by Dwight (laughs) that Marv will do anything for Nancy. Nancy is safe because Marv is there. Marv's purpose in life is to protect Nancy. Yeah. So after those two things are shown to us, we see Nancy again unable to shoot Rourke carving up her face to convince Marv to help her when all it would have taken would have been, hey Marv. (laughs) Funny story. Let me tell you what Rourke did to me. Yeah. And then then she shoots him so she's lost her face. Marv has been utterly disabled we know he doesn't die because we see him die in the first one yeah um all this stuff didn't have to happen with a single pull of the trigger which would have made more sense so there's a great deal of loss in this victory and the more i think about it i like it better although part of me suspects it was just we need to add 15 minutes to this movie
1: but they didn't how long was that movie
0: (laughs) i I don't know it felt a lot longer than it actually was by the end because yeah, Nancy is a killing machine. It just didn't work. Nancy for me. doesn't
1: need to be a killing machine,
0: and and I don't think Jessica Alba is be a, a solid machine. enough actress to uh, to have really carried that.
1: Yeah, no, um, hundred and two minutes.
0: That wa It felt a lot longer than a hundred and two minutes. Yeah, and yeah, not in a really good way. I mean, visually, it holds up to the first one, except like I said, the ones where. And and I don't know if Miller sat down and drew these tales and then they did the script or if they just went for it. But, uh, yeah, the ones that weren't previously comic books visually didn't hold up as well for me. And I will grant that it could be as simple as, well, I haven't poured over them in the black and white original Miller art you know, the way I did with the other stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was just some of the performances were a bust. The ones that were really good felt like, okay, that didn't amount to anything. Yeah. It's good to see Bruce Willis again. He did the best he could with...
1: Being a lonely ghost. Being
0: a lonely ghost. <laughs> 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 when it takes the intervention of a ghost to, to, yeah. to kill one of the major villains. And I
1: didn't even realize, it, I was like, oh, Marv's coming to save her. Oh, no, wait, that's hard again, apropos of nothing.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, It's there was just a lot of this that didn't work. Yeah. You know, anybody besides—I mean, Jesus—you had Lady Gaga on the set. I believed her more in a single scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt for two minutes than I did Ava Green through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, Ugh. yeah. That—that that happened. That was the thing that happened.
0: <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> that's the most normal she's ever looked.
0: <laughs> no, I saw her in The Sopranos before she was Lady Gaga. Oh, uh, okay. There was a scene with AJ, and any scene with AJ, everybody looks pretty solid. <laughs> Get AJ in here, if only for the joy of seeing him shot in the face. Just have
1: AJ follow Nancy around for the rest of her life now, she'll be fine. Nobody be... <laughs> yeah. In comparison.
0: Now I want to go back and remake the first one, make him the yellow bastard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God, yeah, get him away from her. Oh, jeez.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, you thought better of this movie than I did, but, yeah. But it's, only a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the the sad thing is the the best thing I really got from it was it makes me want to fill in the gaps in my trades yeah because i really love those trades it's every female character in it is is a whore or a damsel in distress i get that this is shallow crime storytelling but it's really beautiful to look at yeah and yeah particularly the earlier ones you know, like I said, I've I've got to Helen back with completely different characters, but that's a big, that's another one. That's probably the fattest one mm-hmm. of all of them, and it just it's not nearly as good as as the earlier ones, which were much shorter, tighter stories. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm tempted now to go to the local comic store and and fill in some of the collections of short stories that I haven't picked up.
1: So perhaps that is the verdict here. Save your money on Sin City two. Go to your local comic book store if you haven't. Read these books before. Pick them up. If you have some of them, go get the ones you don't have.
0: Yeah, and and I hate to say, don't go see a movie from a creator-owned property.
1: Wait for it on cable.
0: Yeah, it's it'll be on cable. In the meantime, watch the original Sin City again. Yeah. I'll probably do that tomorrow. to
1: Wash the taste.
0: Yeah, taste of that and... Whistle pig. Whistle pig.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about a couple of comics? Let's talk about a couple of comics. Some actual comic comics. books. All right. Do you want to do... Uh, which one do you want to do first? Uh,
1: let's talk Jonah Hex since we were already talking Josh Brolin.
0: Okay, so yes, the final for right now, anyway. I'm Jonah, s- I'm jo- sad. Yeah, me too. But anyway, it's All Star Western thirty four. It's a final issue of All Star Western. It has been canceled. Written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. Art uh, by Darwin Cook, it which was is a- cool.
1: Yeah, it was. There was nothing not to like about this book.
0: Yeah, it's it is Jonah Hex's last story which yeah. is something that has been told before back in the 70s the final jonah heck story was told in uh, uh what anthology was it uh, dc specials or something okay um so yeah but in this particular iteration it's jonah and tallulah black uh heading out to take on somebody who's been impor- impersonating jonah yep. and who's taken over a town with his gang and yeah it's the final battle of these two killing machines <laughs> against these people who've just decided to trade on Jonah's name and yeah it's it was a nice final story from these guys for for a few reasons number 1 i've been reading their run on Jonah Hex just about from the beginning i don't, yeah. think, I, don't I might have the first issue
1: well yeah, um I, as I recall you did review it because you were like either neither All-Star nor Western. You were very baffled.
0: <laughs> well, no, that was All-Star Western. I'm talking Jonah Hex oh, Jonah before Hex, the new 52. Yeah. That's almost 10 years old if yeah. if not 10 years old. Um it was it, it I I always liked it cuz it was when it was Jonah Hex and not All-Star Western. It was a straight series of Western Westerns, stories. Yeah. A lot of them one and done. Um set in Filthy places with <laughs> filthy people and good shoot 'em ups. And yeah, you know, I've I got a soft spot for a good Western, and it was a good Western. Yeah. It was one of those books I never put on my polls because I always just sort of like to find it. It was, you know, going through the shelves. It's like, oh, okay, didn't realize there was a new one of these. That's cool. Um, when it became All Star Western, yeah, I kind of had a problem to start with, and it, it took me a while to get into it because. At some level in D.C. there was a conscious decision made to fit Jonah Hex into the new 52 D.C. universe. So, yeah, Yeah. they they put him in Gotham City. So, right out of the gate, he's not in the West. He's in this urban situation with tying into the Court of the Owls and hanging out with Jeremiah Arkham. So, it, it took a while to get used to that shift. And it continued like that for a while. And the weird part was earlier this year they put him through time travel (laughs) yes they did to drop him into the dc universe right now and when i first heard about that i'm like oh this is finally jumping the shark and but you know what that was a lot of fucking fun yeah and it was a lot of fun because Palmiotti and gray having spent so much time writing this character committed to jonah hex as a guy who my first and last response to anything is usually violence, and I'll find a way to just punch through this. So, yeah, I mean, I I still remember from one of the first stories of that he met up with Swamp Thing, yep, and Swamp Thing had the, uh, uh what was it from the, uh, the last Superman story ever? The,
1: oh,
0: oh no, the 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 Alan Moore one, the the flower that goes on yeah, your chest, Yeah, for the, 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 the black, man who have
1: every, for the man who has everything. the black mercy, yeah.
0: Um, was on uh, Swamp Thing's chest, and so he just—I don't know what to do about this. So he just kicks it off his fucking chest. <laughs> and so it committing to that character of you know, all right, I, I don't know what I'm seeing here, but I'll shoot my way through it if I have to, right. or you know, somebody teach me how to drive this car. How hard can it be? Um, yeah. it it worked for me because the character was consistent, while with all this weird stuff going on, and at the same time, it was okay. Now he's gone. Back in time, he's back in his element. So we've had a few issues of real legit Western stories, and now, yeah, with this being the final story, and it was weird because what they had to do was again, since there was a previous final story of Jonah Hex, I went back and looked up the details because it's something I may have seen when I was a kid. I vaguely remember seeing, but I I looked Mm. up the details and making everything fit. Because the original story was Jonah Hex was like 60-something and still working as a bounty hunter. And this guy, uh, there was a a writer from Princeton yeah. who was writing his final story. And this guy, George Barrow, just shoots Jonah Hex down in cold blood. And yeah, the Farnham Circus steals his corpse and brings it around the country as part of a traveling show. Yep. And Palmiotti and Gray took all of those elements. They are all... In this story, but with a completely different twist. Yeah,
1: turns it on its on its ear.
0: Yeah, where it's not the last Jonah Hex story. He's still alive and running around with Tallulah Black, and somebody else could pick up the the property tomorrow and do something with it. But all those elements are there, and it was just it was a really cool thing to to see put together.
1: Yeah, I I I'm happy that they they got a happy ending, as it were, or at least as of the last page of this book. Things look good for Jonah and Tallulah. Um, I I've enjoyed um, how they were both characterized through, throughout the entirety of the run of this book. Yeah, um, I've I've enjoyed all of the characters that Gray and Palmiotti have come up with in general for this, from the Barbary Ghost to um, Cinnamon. To um, they had some stuff going on with um,
0: oh the the backup stuff, yeah, all on. the
1: backup stuff. Um, it, doctor 13. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, all of all of that like wild wacky stuff and and it all made sense. Um and it, and it gave this just great universe of characters some of which already existed in in the before new 52 time, but yeah, you know, some of it felt just new also.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's as critical as I was of this to start with cuz taking Jonah out of the West just felt wrong and yeah, I've got memories of the old Hex miniseries yeah. where he was in the future with a laser pistol. <laughs> and It took a long time, it felt like, for me to rehab Jonah Hex. Starting in the 90s with a Vertigo series by Joe R. Lonsdale and Timothy mm. Truman. Uh, two-gun Hex. There were two or three of them. Riders of the Worm and such, uh, which put supernatural elements in but made Jonah Hex very much a... Uh, nope, I'm just a Confederate, former Confederate bounty hunter and I shoot first and never ask questions because right. i don't give a shit um really rehab because hex's original origin was like he was the son of a plantation owner or something and yeah. was landed gentry and yeah, so starting in the 90s just like no he's just a killer he <laughs> really came from nothing and joined the confederacy and now he's just getting by on his gun which Palmiotti and hex continued so it it took a while to get used to the the stories where it's a no—he's in Gotham now in a more urban environment. But it was nice, at least at the end, to get back to the more western stories. Yeah, yeah, and and the ones in Gotham wound up being good stories because they knew that character so well and were so committed to him. You knew Jonah Hex would work no matter what else was going on, right? Yeah, you know, whether it made a lot of sense or not. I don't know who made the call to make him time travel to Gotham, <laughs> you know, in the 21st century. But even those, those were kind of a hoot to walk, to read.
1: Yeah, no, and. I I had fun with it. Yeah, they brought in like the mute, something that seemed like the mutants, and <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of elements in there that just gave you a sense that it was almost a little bit of an homage to other things that had happened in, in alternate Gotham stories. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: and I, I wound up enjoying it a lot. When it started out, I really kind of railed against it, and I probably should have had more faith.
1: I mean, they they even made him hooking up with Booster Gold for a while in a work. <laughs> that was, yeah. seems like the goofiest thing on the face of it, because the entire time, as as there's the back and forth, you're just like, oh, I miss Ted Cord. <laughs> 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 yeah. Booster needs Ted. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're we're gonna get Booster and Ted in Justice League three thousand next year. Yes. So, uh, but uh, so yeah, and Darwin Cook's art,
1: yeah, no complaints there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's simple line stuff. Yeah, you know, and he sort of PG thirteen the violence a little bit. You know, when a man takes an axe to the head <laughs> and a, a gutting knife to amazingly the gut, and it's oh, there's a trickle of blood in, uh, in
1: silhouette.
0: Yeah, but it's not like uh, Avatar comics is not screaming for Darwin Cook because of his realistic gore.
1: But no, but you know you you read Avatar for realistic gore or not over the top gore frankly but (laughs)
0: yeah it it all worked the gunfights were fun and there's that one panel with hex coming out of the burning hotel in silhouette with that gutting knife yeah that was really cool
1: so yeah he's he's certainly capable of of creating impactful panels that don't rely necessarily on uber violence and uber gore yeah you don't you don't need him for that
0: (laughs) yeah so so yeah, it's unfortunately it's not a jumping on point, it's a jumping off point, yeah. but it's it's been a series that I've enjoyed, and the original series by these guys, you know, I certainly have a bunch of them, so I uh, wanted to give it one last shout out.
1: If you're looking for something to pick up at your local comic book store while you're there getting back issues of Trades of Sin City, yeah, there we you recommend go. All-Star Western and uh, their previous run on Jonah Hex. Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. So, all right, and then... The other one, this one's far more in your wheelhouse just because of the obvious.
1: Silver Surfer. Yeah. Um,
0: Silver Surfer 5, uh, written by Dan Slott. Uh,
1: Well, actually, the story is told together with Mike Allred, and then Mike uh, is responsible for the art, and his wife is responsible for the, Laura Allred is responsible for the colors.
0: Yes. So uh, another very simple, simply lined art style, which uh, really works for for the character in the scenario.
1: Yeah, I love Allred's. Art, um, there's all of the girls look so pretty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Damn's pretty. Um, oh you
1: man, know, these are the girls that like you know shop at Mod Cloth or something. But <laughs> is that a thing? I think it is. I buy
0: all my clothes at comic
1: book conventions. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, Mike Allred's not drawing you. <laughs> like, oh. I-, I love you. You're handsome. He's not drawing you. Uh, He's not drawing me either, frankly.
0: <laughs> uh, I would need to. <laughs> I'd need to put down a lot of cheeseburgers and walk away <laughs> otherwise he'd run out of ink.
1: Um but it, I what I enjoyed about the story is it felt um very much like a place where you could jump on if you haven't read Silver Surfer so far.
0: Um I mean yeah I can kind of see that. I mean the because base... well,
1: the front the front page in it some people aren't into it but you know when the when the title page basically tells you everything you need to know before you drop in like I don't need to know anything about issues one through four I know who Don is I know you know basically the backstory of this of this silver surfer um we know why dr Strange and the Hulk are coming onto the scene in Long Island yeah and then all, you the go places, from there. <laughs> all
0: the places for the silver surfer to be
1: people but, try to escape Long Island every day for no good reason yeah,
0: no that's <laughs> That's true, and uh, yeah, it's almost a one and done I mean there's a certain amount of backstory that certainly can be gleaned from the the recap page, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, it amounts to the surfer thinks he's trapped on earth and he thinks it's Don Greenwood's fault,
1: more specifically, and, he's trapped in Long Island, well,
0: yes, and that is a fate worse <laughs> than death, but um. And, yeah, the Defenders show up, and it turns out there's a some prophecy that almost doesn't matter about the Lord of Nightmares. Yep. You know, if he doesn't wake up, we'll be trapped in a nightmare realm forever. And, yeah, it's just a matter of, okay, we've got one person who's legitimately awake, and we need to figure out how to wake this guy up. And on one hand, we've got Doctor Strange and the Hulk battling... True Lovecraftian horrors
1: on the astral plane, or right? yeah. which is now I- impacting the Earth.
0: Yeah, and but at the same time, which I thought was cool, the surfer and Dawn dealing with very human fears and nightmares of yeah. Dawn's sister fearing she's going to be trapped in Long Island, which would make me wake up screaming, <laughs> whistle pig or no. Um, and Dawn's father and his fear that because I've built this life, my children will either be trapped here or will escape and this life that i enjoy is one way or the other going to fall apart right Uh, down to the surfers nightmare of it was my hubris that got my planet destroyed right um well at the same time the hulk is punching tentacles and (laughs) so the dichotomy between the two was really kind of cool
1: yeah and i think you know there was there was nice banter um, you know, when, when you hand it to me, you're like, you'll appreciate this on like a Doctor Who level because yeah, you, you do get a sense of, of, you know, a doctor and companions and that level of banter.
0: Oh yeah. This is Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Dan Slot is a pretty much unabashed Doctor Who fan. I yeah. follow him on Twitter and he's gotten, yeah. you know, he's at, uh, I forget which convention he's at, but. He's at some convention with Matt Smith and he's tweeting his pictures with him and he's gotten yeah. things signed. And,
1: and uh, yeah, so there's a picture of um, him, Matt Smith, and the guy who played Rory. Um,
0: yeah, right. all doing the Spider-Man thwip. Thwip, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, hey, why not? But, yeah, he's doing this because he doesn't have access to Doctor Who. If Marvel had the Doctor Who franchise, this book would not exist.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know... It, there is that you can see the Im- influence of of New Who stories on on the dialogue. You know, you've got um, the Silver Surfer showing up in Long Island. Dawn to me, you talk to me like that. Done now. <laughs> Slams the. <laughs> yeah, and it's if you're gonna do a
0: Doctor Who analog, it, it's a good series to do it because yeah, you've got the the space traveler, and literally that's what the Silver Surfer is known for. Right. Yeah. You know, this introspective space traveler who does not necessarily fully understand humanity, a very human and funny female yep. companion who, spoilers at the conclusion, says, yes, I'll travel through space with you. Yep. I, I don't think his surfboard is bigger on the inside than the outside, but who knows what we can find out. Slot's a smart guy. It's, it's can... the power
1: cosmic. It's as big as you need it to be, baby.
0: There you go. <laughs> I feel inferior now. <laughs> I always feel inferior oh. anyway, but...
1: I'll get you some whistle pig. You'll be fine.
0: <laughs> oh, I won't be fine, but I won't give a fuck. <laughs> I I don't drink till I'm handsome. I drink till I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> but yeah, and overall, it's just even with the the levels of Cthulhu type horror. Number this would be a good book to give to a kid. Yeah, because the, the art is simple. But beyond that, everything's just sort of lighthearted, even with the level of threat. I mean, that that kid who's asking oh. the Hulk, are, "Are you green all over? How, how do you pee?"
1: Yeah, I'm the strongest there is. How do you pee from a mile away? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just
0: the little annoyances that everybody has to, you know, sign the register. Well, I'm in astral form. Well, I'm the Hulk. I destroy pens. Puny and, pen. Yeah. And, <laughs> Yeah.
1: yeah, that was the weird thing, it is the sense of, for Banner in this, you know, it, clearly Banner has gone to sleep because Hulk has said as much, and so Hulk is, is driving the body, um, but it's a very articulate and intelligent version of the Hulk.
0: Well, they've they've smarted him up in the yeah, last few months. Yeah, but who
1: would occasionally then still devolve into, your know, puny pen. <laughs> yeah. Hulk smash. Um, and, and the way that Allred draws this Hulk is, is a really nice callback to how he looked in the '60s, um, and that sort of weird kind of Frankensteiny, yeah, kind sort of, of beetle square head, yeah, square <laughs> head, yeah,
0: always looks mildly constipated. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> which makes it that much more challenging. It's like, oh, but it's the smart Hulk now because you're expecting that more primal level of bull.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but even then, it's. You know, Dr. Strange tries to explain shit to him, and he's like, what, keep punching stuff? Okay, I, I can do that all day long. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, even to the point where Nightmare apologizes at the end, going, I hate that friggin' prophecy, because what fun would it be? I'm asleep. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> yeah. so thanks for waking me up. I never wanted that. <laughs> but Well,
1: here's a thought. Coffee. You know, you... <laughs>
0: I don't want nightmare coffee.
1: No, but I'm just saying, you know, if I'm nightmare, I'm on Long Island. There are diners. Get some coffee.
0: I guess. I don't know what...
1: Sleep through the day until whatever's out of alignment. Then you can go to sleep.
0: Maybe he doesn't have TiVo. He wants to catch the Simpsons marathon. I don't know. It's about a fun adventure story. I don't... I poked enough holes in sin city i can't, i don't have the heart to, to bust this no, thing up i because
1: i it's, i i liked that part too it made me giggle, but then at the same time I'm like are you immune to caffeine <laughs> yeah
0: who knows it was it, it's fun and it's it's weird to see a a book where yeah I could hand this to a a nine year old with no problem <laughs> yeah that, probably was actually, like it.
1: that was actually nice to see like that, that it could be handed to any kid that you wanted to get interested in comics because I think Allred's art is good for that. There's a level of just joy to what's happening in the proceedings. Yeah. Um that that just makes it something where it's like, yeah, I can give this to a kid. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, no, it's it was a fun issue. It's been a fun series going along, but yeah. It is definitely it's Doctor Who. <laughs> which is fine. You know, uh, Doctor Who is fun that we established in last week's show. Uh, it's it's not my favorite in, in that I don't want to get into all the continuity of it but okay, if you like that kind of story here's one where there's certainly a lot of Marvel continuity in it potentially, yeah. but uh, right now it's all you need to know
1: and that, I was about to just say something stupid and admittedly stupid like, oh, now I'm just kind of wondering, if Doctor Who and Galactus threw down, who'd win? And then I remember Dazzler took out Galactus once, so probably Doctor Who.
0: Luke Cage took out Doctor Doom once <laughs> it's a Kitty Pride just whacked Galactus <laughs> in, in the last big crossover, whose name I can't even remember for the ultimate universe. Yeah. Cataclysm. Cataclysm. But, uh, so, uh, look, the, we'll assume the Doctor has the ultimate nullifier somewhere in the next <laughs> sauna room of the TARDIS, and...
1: Probably keeps it in the, the, the heart of the TARDIS.
0: Yeah, sure, why not?
1: <laughs> Nobody will think to look for it here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you're already getting into areas of continuity that I can't <laughs> follow it's uh, yeah, I, but this comic, yeah, just go the full Amy Pond introduction. There's a man on a surfboard, and I travel with him, yeah, and it looks like that's where it's gonna go, and yeah slot writes fun stuff, so this is a a decent one to jump on jump onto, and yeah, if you got somebody younger who you wanna show, yeah, this is where I <laughs> spend all my money,
1: and if you're looking for books that you'd like to get younger readers. Into comics with, you can't really go wrong with um, this slot. Alred team up, yeah. Um, and also consider seeking out title other titles that slot and Alred have worked on. Yeah,
0: that's how it starts. Yep. <laughs> and then next thing you know, there's they're grunting <laughs> at Sin City, going, it doesn't fit with continuity."
1: <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. There's there's other stuff out there.
0: Next, you find yourself bankrupt, ripped to the tits <laughs> on Whistle Pig at San Diego, I'm
1: blaming Twitter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Twitter told me to drink it.
1: <laughs> Twitter simply suggested it looked delicious. And then you projected things on that.
0: <laughs> oh, I projected things. <laughs> Going to project them later on. All right. So, yeah. Actually, we're running a little bit shorter today. Yeah. Hopefully more actual comics news that we can talk about will start coming out that isn't... Yeah. Yeah. You know, the same old anger over something.
1: Right. But I'd like to see more more happy, positive things. That would be nice.
0: <laughs> me, too. And I think it's the bottom of that bottle of whistle pigs. So why don't we why don't we wrap this one up?
1: <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Yep. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see, you can find us. Uh, I don't know where you found this show because you never return my calls. Don't you like us anymore? But.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, you can find us at our uh, our home site, which is crisis on infinite midlives dot com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at
1: at dot yeah. no, not dot com, but just at, at, at infinitemidlife.
0: Infinite <laughs> uh, you can email us at crisis on infinite at gmail dot com. You can find the show on iTunes and a bunch of other places. And if you found it someplace like that, yeah, do us a favor, uh, throw us a review, give us a rating. We're Making this thing up every week as we go along, so interested in some feedback. Uh, We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Yes. And we are sober, and we are going to go fix that. So, yeah, this is uh, episode 32. It is in the can of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And uh, thanks for listening. And i I'll go get the whiskey. I don't see you running.